0: the best angle to make you supermodel slim and most beautiful.
1: I'm not going to look slim with this dress, forget
0: about that. <laughs> so you're rolling and maybe slightly to the left. Perfect. Okay. So thanks for coming on. Uh, tell us your name, your startup, uh, what does your startup do, and also your daily work.
1: Cool. Uh, I'm Merv, or Merve. Uh, I'm coming from Insider. Insider is an uh, AI-powered growth management platform. We're helping uh, digital marketers uh, grow uh, through personalized experiences, uh, and we're powering that with AI and ML technologies.
0: That's really awesome. Could you tell us about how you started your career and uh, your journey? Did you start out as a journalist, as most CMOs do?
1: actually no uh, I uh, I lived in Canada for 10 years so after studying economics and business I actually went you know all my friends were going to um, Bain & Co and McKenzie and I actually went the other route and became uh, a, like a nonprofit uh, person and I was working at Greenpeace for a while and then worked uh, on some local problems when I was in Vancouver and then all of a sudden uh, I started doing a lot of informational interviews with a lot of professionals and I just spoke to everyone learned their stories got inspired, and after that I got found myself in the tech scene and I started working at a, a, the biggest market research uh, technology firm, which is where my B2B uh, marketing technology career started, uh, and it was basically sending really interactive surveys to a big panel of uh, people to get quick answers to questions uh, to guide uh, really big brands like uh, Nike. And that's uh, that's where I started in marketing, in B2B tech marketing. And uh, eight years after, 10 years after, I'm still doing the same thing.
0: That's a remarkable journey. <laughs> what can our community listeners learn from your run of so many years in the industry?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, Well, uh, to tell you the truth, um, it's really about curiosity and courage. I think uh, no matter what you do in what area of marketing you're in or in what area you're in, uh, you have to be really curious about the new trends and new technologies. And I think uh, what I find, especially in Asia, uh, we are now in 20 markets and I'm working with 12 different marketing managers. And we are actually finding that we're educating the market uh, more in Asia because, um, you know, doing it's not a homogeneous uh, society so it's really important to get local and feel that community sense because really now the tribes of different brands are actually talking to each other the powers shifted uh, and the, the consumers are forming these brand tribes and they're talking to each other so you have to be really curious you have to uh, really understand the needs of the customers understand the technology so that you can serve the better experiences so I think that's the one advice I would give uh, to my peers.
0: And how would you describe to a 5th grade class about your brand or your startup?
1: Whoa, yeah, I I can flip that. I try to explain it to my grandpa, uh, which is kind of the same thing because you know, you say internet and they don't understand anything. Um, I would say, you know, what's your favorite e-commerce site Uh, or like, do you like Disney or something and which character would you like in Disney and they will tell me their favorite character. And I'll say, when you open Disney website, you'll only see that character because the site will know exactly who you are and it will give you the toys and the things you love uh, and you will get to see them first. That's probably how I would explain it.
0: That's fantastic. (laughs) Tell us about the best day of your career so
1: far. Best day of my career? Wow. Um, Well, actually it's every day because we are in a startup environment where work life is really integrated. So I have maybe 16, 18 hour days but we have lots of learning, growing, um, you know, each teaching each other stuff, uh, reading lots of articles, reading books. And we're constantly spending a lot of time. So lots of intersections are happening at the office uh, space. So for example, a guy from you know scientific background with a guy from marketing come together, and you just get a, a breakthrough idea. So we have a moonshot technology team, where we just have random conversations at the office to determine what's next, what's coming next. Because without becoming a category creator, uh, Uh, You fail miserably in technology, so you you have to always be looking forward, forward thinking and saying what's next, what what is the next category going to be in my space and how I can contribute uh, to that tech space uh, as a a community.
0: Who is the most influential boss in your career?
1: Influential boss? Uh, I had a lot of bosses, but uh, when I came to Insider, the reason I came to Insider was the culture and there are no bosses at Insider. Uh, no one will know if you're an intern, if you're a co-founder, a shareholder, or the CEO of the company. I'm just here with Hande, she's our CEO, and uh, you know, we're just friends, staying in the same room, going around Hong Kong and working in the cafes. Uh, and she just she's just having a podcast. I'm having one over here. So it's a very like friendly environment where she constantly uh, enables me and empowers me. And she's a true leader. So I think the best boss is a non boss who is a really uh, strong leader uh, and who's really interested in uh, your growth potential and has a great amount of care.
0: What is marketing now for your brand compared to when you first joined, and how and what is the work that are different now?
1: uh in my current uh, company yeah. well uh, i joined about three years ago and that's a really big time for startups because we kind of have one day is equal to like three four days in a startup and when i first started i was only one person two people in a startup and now my team is 21 people we have 12 marketing managers across asia europe and now we're going to be entering into us so now what i'm trying to do is you know when you start out you're you're hands-on doing everything yourself, you're trying to you know, implement the technologies, you're trying to implement the strategies, but what happens when your team starts growing in different countries, so you have 12 remote people, uh, you have to train them, you have to align them, and you have to uh, get them up to speed with the new technologies. So it's a lot of enablement and training, uh, and lots of, uh, you know, taking advantage of the local expertise they have to create those real communities in in you know in, uh, Japan, in Korea, in uh, Indonesia, Malaysia, Taiwan, it's all so different. Uh, and in the UK or Finland or Spain, it's a totally different story. So I guess uh, right now my role completely shifted into empowering, enabling people, training people in emerging technologies and trying to make them 360 marketers because that's how marketers need to be nowadays. You just can't be social media or you just can't be email marketing. You just need to know uh, a lot of things, uh, as well as become a really good, uh, you know, tech-savvy marketer.
0: Do you need data scientists as much as creative directors for your data-driven marketing these days?
1: Of course. I mean, they go hand in hand. You cannot just uh, pull off with a really cool design anymore. Everything is about data. Um, you know, we are a data company. Uh, we try to, you know, predict the future behaviors of our consumers right now, and uh, trying to optimize experiences and optimize ad spend based on if you're going to buy from a brand or not. This kind of data shifts a marketers' role completely. In my current role, of course, I'm working in 20 markets uh, with such different consumer behavior, uh, which uh, in across 15 uh, different industries with different needs. So without data, you're blind. And and um, you cannot really function without creative you cannot compete in a you know um crazy environments you know everyone's trying to uh compete in a visual way as well so i think they really go hand in hand and those who who are successful in marrying the both are the ones who are able to differentiate themselves um and just here, just to add a little bit of category creation, not only like data and uh, visuals are also not enough. You need to have a really strong, powerful story uh, where you can actually inspire people because in B2B enterprise marketing, that's what's missing. You can touch the emotions of people in B2C, but in B2B, you really need to create those tribes and you really need to create, communicate the value of a technology which is, which is so intangible. Uh, and uh, that's why you need to actually work a lot harder in marrying all those elements.
0: Do you rely on external partners for your creative, for data, or digital analytics and measurements?
1: Right, like we have to because as I said, we are in uh, twenty different markets, and uh, we have a lot of different marketing managers. We have lots of local expertise. We do have to outsource certain things. Not for data; data is in-house, as we are a data company. Uh, we're also using our own tool for our own marketing purposes. Uh, but yes, for other creative stuff, you know, uh, we do one event in each region every month. So that's like twenty events every month. So we have to outsource certain, uh, you know, creative. Uh, elements or certain content writing pieces Uh, but for data i think i can say it's 100% in-house
0: there is a 70 30 male female who dominates especially in tech industry creative and advertising so there seems to be under representation what do you think more needs to be done
1: Mm -hmm. um I think this is this is uh, pretty common in tech around the world. It's, you know, some, some countries uh, say that, oh, it's like this in this country. No, it's like, like that everywhere. Uh, I think, uh, as I said, women need to uh, step in and more more opportunities needs to be created. So I think uh, what needs to be done is, uh, I think what you're doing is great. You know, we need to get the stories of success stories out there. Because when people try to do something, before they do something, they look up to people and they get inspired. So they will find more women leaders getting into the space and sharing their success stories. I think people will find more to relate and we will see uh, that the woman woman in tech uh, increasing uh, this way. I think it's a lot of um, sharing and uh, caring together.
0: How do you stay fresh, sharp and creative and be on top of your game? Uh, Do you have any uh, athletic pursuit or do you indulge in music or media or shows or web or books?
1: You always have to find a way to refresh yourself, uh, no matter what you're doing, even if you're working 16 to 18 hour days uh, in the valley or outside of the valley. Um, I think it's really important to to exercise. Uh, I've been a tango dancer for uh, about 11 years. Uh, I also really love uh, singing jazz. I use this app called SMOOL and uh, I'm on SMOOL all the time. And it's social. It's social karaoke. So I think it's really important to find something that you really love and, uh, and connect with different people because there is a lot of opportunity on, uh, on social channels to do that, whatever your favorite thing uh, is to do. And also um, exercising is really important and making it a part of your day, not like a task is also important. And at least if you don't uh, exercise physically, you can exercise mentally doing exercises or you can meditate. I think it's really important to refresh yourself in that given day, not like leaving it to the weekend or you know uh, saying, I'll do that two times a week. No, it should be integrated in your life. I think.
0: So what series are you following or binge watching right now?
1: I haven't been watching TV for 10 years. <laughs> i don't actually i'm really bad i i tend to read more and watch uh try to watch documentaries mostly national geographic but um i i really don't watch any series um you know like black mirror i'm curious like i go and watch like a few just to make sure that i'm on top of stuff and i can manage my team because they're so on top of these series but uh i enjoy reading uh, more
0: what would you like to be remembered in your job or career legacy
1: Hmm someone who really fought hard uh who was a warrior to create impacts you know i think even if we can't succeed in a you know universal way i think it's also a very honorable way of living to fight for uh creating some impacts in wherever uh you are touching i think touching people's lives is really important and uh besides all the marketing and technology uh we have we're also doing these uh events where we teach robotics to kids in you know indonesia versus doing like uh robotics classes in Korea or coding classes in Istanbul, uh, I think it's really important to um, create a community and uh, I would want people to remember me saying, yeah, there was that, you know, there was that crazy girl who was wearing uh, crazy clothes and she did a lot of, she created a lot of impacts in our community and she was a, she was a fighter. I think that's what I would he- want to hear.
0: How do you come back from a crisis? Is it through uh, always taking the high road and reflection? Or something else.
1: Hmm. So the question is how do I come out of crisis, right? That's right. I think, uh, you know, Honda always says we have to stay uh, mentally strong and physically strong. Uh, as you said, being in uh, doing some kind of exercising is important because your body needs to be strong. Uh, I think coming out of crisis requires a lot of uh, mental strength uh, and that's, uh, you know, controlling your emotions, learning how to uh, control your emotions um, not not avoiding them but you know controlling them and also uh, really thinking through stuff systematically rather than getting into the chaos and you know getting swiped away so really looking at it as a, a problem as a perspective and not being a part of the problem I think that's the key in solving a crisis if you're a part of the crisis uh, you don't have a perspective to solve it
0: we are in the last segment of this podcast interview. Let's do a speed round. Yeah? Okay. Tell us uh, your instant answers that pops up in your mind. I- instant? Instant. Yeah, yeah. the first uh, answer that pops up in your okay, mind. Okay, sure. I will give you uh, some questions uh, okay. in this speed round. So starting right now. Brand that you cannot live without.
1: No, which is what I'm wearing.
0: Favorite advertisement ever.
1: Oh my God, that's a hard one. Skip.
0: <laughs> what marketing campaign do you really love or admire right now?
1: Um, It's the uh, campaign that we're doing for one of the brands uh, that we just signed. It's one of the biggest airlines in the world. Uh, And we're doing a teaser campaign across all airports, but I can't say more.
0: Congratulations. (laughs) Your most admired CMO?
1: Um, I think it's hard. The speedogram part is hard. (laughs) Uh, I think it would be HubSpot's.
0: Best agency you ever worked with?
1: um i think we worked with giant ant to create a uh, a, a video for uh, one of my past companies i think they brought the uh, very creative perspective at the time when we worked with them uh, merging you know the graphic elements with the people and making them act uh, and the, it was called called the way we see it
0: what is your biggest passion in life
1: making impact
0: thank you so much for coming on my Thank you. uh, We really uh, had a pleasure and honor uh, of interviewing you. Thank you again.
1: Good luck, guys. Thank you.